Live by faith. May your faith truly be a dependence lived on your God. May our worship be lit up as we celebrate the God who is not keeping himself secret, but he's making himself clear. And we are the church. And we have a privilege to be able to lift up Jesus Christ, to be able to make much of him starting right here and right now. And we will look forward to doing that for all eternity. Praise God, we get to celebrate with the phrase, holy, 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 forever lifting up his name. But man, it doesn't wait till then. And uh, we get to do that here and now. We're in a series called Live by Faith. In fact, this is the close of that series, Live by Faith. And as we're coming to a close today, we're going to be talking about what it means to be the church on fire. What does it mean for us to be modeling Jesus Christ right here in this broken world. Can we all just agree this world is broken? Like that's not very hard to agree with, right? There may be a moment where you held back on that before and now you're like, I'm just trying not to scream it out loud. Like it is broken, there's a lot of problem going on. Man, may we as a church celebrate Jesus Christ. May we point to him and model him into this world may we truly be able to say we know the risen Savior. And all of God's people said, amen, man. So do me a favor. Turn with me, if you will, to Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4, starting in verse 1. And as we get going here, we're just going to be talking about two different prayers, two different battle cries that we can bring before our God. So prayer number one, point number one. Lord, may I model your oneness in the church. Lord, may I model your oneness in the church. And a huge part of us being able to celebrate the greatness of Christ is that we literally start modeling who he is. And oneness, unity, is a big part of that. So here we go. Let's get started in verse 1. It says, I therefore, a prisoner of the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called with all humility and gentleness. Let's just hold right there. He says, I therefore. And when we see the therefore, we say, what's the therefore? Therefore, why is it connecting back? What's it connecting to? In fact, this is the beginning of chapter four in Ephesians. It's looking back to chapters one through three, which was all about the theology behind our hope in God. Chapters one through three of Ephesians is packed full with theology. Theology like he has chosen, he guarantees, he saves by faith, he gives way more than we could ever ask or imagine or hope. Paul's like, therefore, like because of that truth, here's some actions to come. And chapters 4, 5, and 6 of Ephesians is actually large-scale applicational call-out. So this is the beginning of the application call-out here in chapter 4. He says, I therefore a prisoner of the Lord. Paul's like, just so we're clear, what I'm telling you to do, put me in jail. What I'm telling you to do costs, but I'm telling you we get to represent the Savior. Here we go. I therefore a prisoner of the Lord urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called. Walk in a manner worthy. May our words, may our actions, may our thoughts reflect back well on the King who has saved us for all eternity. Walk in a manner worthy. May my day today life 
literally lift Jesus Christ up and point to him saying, this is the one I know. Walk in a manner worthy. Notice it does not say walk in a manner worthy of making much of yourself. Like it doesn't say that. But in fact, that's where a lot of people get to in life is life starts to become how do I lift me up? How do I make much of what I want to make? How do I make clear the point I want to make and walk in a manner worthy of whatever point I'm trying to make? Man, the one point we have to make is we know the Savior. His name is Jesus Christ. I will show you who he is by how I act and how I breathe and how I respond. And all of God's people said, huge call, man, walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called, he says, with all humility and gentleness. With all humility and gentleness. It honestly almost can catch you off guard. It's like, walk in a manner worthy. And you would think like the next words might be, with all dedication, with commitment and forcefulness, you make it clear who you stand. That's not what he says. With humility and gentleness. Why did he choose those two words? You know, if you go to Matthew chapter 11, verse 29, you don't have to turn there, but here's what it says. Jesus says, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden. And then he starts to describe himself. One of the only places in scripture where we actually hear of the heart of Jesus. And he says, I am gentle and lowly in heart. Gentle and lowly. By the way, those two words, gentle and lowly, are the exact same two words you see here. The root Greek word, same in it. Gentle and lowly. Here he's like, make sure there is humility and gentleness. Gentle and lowly. That's who Jesus Christ is. Jesus stepped into this world with a thunderous statement. Gentle and lowly. And he's like, make sure that you as a church... Walk just as Jesus walked, gentle and lowly. A high respect for who he is, living exactly as he lives. I was just thinking about things this week. I wrote this down. Humility and gentleness are the fingerprints of Jesus Christ. Humility and gentleness are the fingerprints of Jesus Christ. Harshness and pride are the fingerprints of the world. Humility and gentleness are the fingerprints of Jesus Christ. Make sure your life shows the fingerprints of Jesus. Humility and gentleness. Harshness and pride, man, that's the flesh, that's the world. May we not reflect that. He says, with all humility and gentleness. And then he says, with patience, bearing with one another in love. With patience, bearing with one another in love. You know, that word patience in the original language, it literally is these two words put side by side. Long suffering. Just let those two words, we hear the word long-suffering and we immediately translate it back to patience and we get kind of used to the word. But here's what it's really saying. Suffering a lot. Patience. Suffering a lot. Man, may we grasp that we are called to take it on the chin a little bit. All too often we get pretty used to going, I can't believe you just said that. You're dead to me. Right? We get this kind of response that's super aggressive. I, I, I'm not going to listen anymore. You wronged me once. I'm done. Is that suffering a lot? You wronged me even once. I'm done with you. We have to be super careful 
that we walk in a way that we're called to walk with patience, suffering a lot, longing for Christ to get the glory, taking it well. He says even bearing with one another in love, like putting up with the fact that they're a little annoying, bearing with one another, dealing with the fact that they don't quite think the way you think. They don't quite respond the way you'd respond, but you're going to love nonetheless, bearing with one another. It means hurting with them when they hurt. It means coming alongside and helping when they need help. It means partnering together. It means forgiving one another, being willing to say, I release of that. I know that that hurt me, and I understand we're talking it out. I'm letting that go bearing with one another, being patient with one another, humble and gentle. Um, can I just say these are not the words of the world today? Is that a no-duh statement or what? The no-duh statement. The world is more like this. Hate anyone who doesn't think exactly like you. Get even. Cut them off. Cancel them. Jump on them. Everything is so divisive. I'm telling you, the church called to follow Jesus Christ, humble and gentle and long-suffering and bearing with one another that God might get the glory. This is the call out for those as we work side by side with those who love the Lord. Man, this church, and as we work within this church, we better be these things, especially towards one another. Notice it says, bearing with one another in love, that word agape there, self-sacrificing. Laying it on the line that Christ might get the glory, self-sacrificing. Not, you wronged me once, I'll never talk to you again. Self-sacrificing. I'm willing to work side by side with you. He says, eager to maintain the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. Eager, like you are in the blocks, the gun's about ready to go. You're that racer ready to take off. Eager. I can't wait to find a way to maintain unity. Notice it says maintain, like God has ushered it in. May we now help be a part of continuing it. Maintain the unity. Literally, that word unity there is the word oneness. It means maintain the oneness that's going on in the body. Notice it says maintain the unity of the spirit. The unity of the spirit, this is a super huge deal. He is not saying maintain human unity. He's not saying that. He's not like just find any old way to try to get along with the people next to you. It's not some horizontal call. We have to be super careful with this. Let me just say it this way. As I reflected on it, I wrote these words. Biblical unity never breaks your worship. Biblical unity never breaks your worship. In other words, you will always, first and foremost, be in a vertical connection with your God. If somebody is calling you to align with them, but to do it, you have to separate from Jesus, the answer is no. Are you hearing me on that? Unity with Christ first and foremost. Biblical unity never breaks your worship. Never. Everybody say never. Never, never breaks your worship. You are in alignment with your Savior. He gets all your worship. 
and anybody in that boat, man, you are one with them. This is a huge privilege to come together side by side with God working in our souls, God moving in this church, and as we worship Jesus Christ, we will celebrate him. There will be many that will begin to say, well, I don't like how you make me feel about your love of Jesus and you're saying he's the only way. The goal is to be kind and gentle, but your oneness is with your Savior, and your oneness is with those who call him Savior. May God get all the glory. Man, gentle and kind is one thing. Unity will come with those who worship Jesus Christ. The church must be a model of oneness. Everybody just say oneness. Man, it is our call out that we maintain the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. It's a huge privilege that we go after this biblical unity together here in this church. And then he starts to go into the oneness statements. He says, there is one body and one spirit, one body, one church, one capital C church, one collection of all those who are saved. May we model that. Man, as this little C church, Summit Point Church rallies together, may we model that Jesus Christ is our king and that we are one together with him. There is one body. Everybody say one body. May we live that way. One body, one spirit, one Holy Spirit. There are a lot of people walking around trying to talk about the religion that they found. There is one spirit. Man, the Holy Spirit, the comforter moving in this world and in this church. He says, just as you were called to one hope of your calling, and there is one hope for salvation. There are not many ways to heaven. There are not many ways to Jesus Christ. There is one hope. Man, as we believe that Jesus is risen from the dead, as we confess him as Lord, we have hope of eternal life coming. One hope, one spirit, one body, and we're all rallying together for that privilege. Man, please hear me. This world is pushing for you to find as many different things as you can find. And God is calling you to find the oneness. May this church, may each of us individually begin to model oneness in honor of Jesus Christ. And all of God's people said, huge privilege as we get to do that. Now he kind of runs through some lists here. He says, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all. One Lord, like there is one in charge, God Almighty, right? One Lord, one faith. There's only one way to Jesus. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. One faith. Man, there is a unity within the church as we run together after things. One Lord, one faith, one baptism. This is speaking more to the effect of the Holy Spirit on your soul. This is speaking to that moment of awakening the soul, this regeneration, this life given, and that's a one time and it lasts forever. The hope that we have of the work of the Spirit in us and the change in our souls, one baptism, and then one God and Father of all. We have a one God, we have one Spirit, and we have one Savior, Jesus Christ. And all of God's people said, 
and all of those work together as one. Three persons, one God, one essence, oneness is what is honored in God. May we truly lift up the oneness of him. It says, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in you all. Yes, there are many's of us. There is one God. So here's our call out. We need to be living life where we all are not a giant crew of individuals just running around trying to make my own personal mark. But instead, we are one. Everybody just say, we're one. one. Louder and bigger. Man, we are one. And as one, we come together to worship the one God of the universe. May he get all the glory. This is the battle cry. Lord, may we model your oneness in the unity of the church. May we truly bring it together in celebration of you. You know, this past week we had a ton going on uh, in the church here and we were working around getting a bunch done on Thursday, a very busy day as we were trying to get some of the final backpacks and church supplies out. We got those out to the spots that they needed to go. By the way, so many people so appreciative of that. The organizations that we partnered with as well, the foster care and whatnot, just to be able to get them to the uh, to foster care kids and to get out to the East Peoria schools for whoever might still have a need that couldn't get here on that Saturday. And so appreciative of being able to give so much Thank you for your giving this one more time. This church rocks and it's and it's amazing care for others. And uh, they just so appreciate it. We had to get those things out to them. And so we had a plan to take off here about one. We were kind of running around getting some things done. We actually had a little bit of leftover food from something. And so they put it in the oven to kind of heat it up. And uh, the goal was to just be able to grab some quick food there so we didn't have to worry about get, grabbing a lunch. And uh, just being a little impatient, a few of us were like, we got to get it going, let's go get it. So I went over to get some of it real quick, and it wasn't quite warmed up enough yet, but it was good enough. And so I opened up the oven and grabbed one of those longer utensils, and I reached in to go grab it, and it started to kind of fall off. And as it did, I went like this to try to catch it, and I touched the element of the stove, and I, I felt this just... And I looked at it and I had stuff on it. I don't know what was on the element that got on my hand, but it hurt a little bit. So I went over to the water and I turned it on. And as the cold water ran on it, the stuff came off. And so did the first layer of my skin. Just washed away. And I'm like, oh, that's not going to be good. So I uh, went over to Jeannie Yearly, who's now on staff with us. She's a nurse as well. And uh, so I went over to her. I'm like, uh, what do you think? And we're staring at it like, how does that not hurt you? And I'm like, I don't know, man, right now I'm doing okay. I feel it a little bit and actually still do feel it a little bit. Maybe that means I burned the nerves. Not sure. It was pretty deep burn. I'm just telling you after that, all of a sudden I started feeling my stomach sort of get a little, you know how when you know you've been hurt, you don't even feel it yet, but you're just like, "Uh uh-oh, this is going to be bad, right? And then by the way, never go home and Google at night what this could mean and what could happen. (laughs) Holy mackerel, does that mess it up? So people have these giant things hanging off of them. I'm like, what's going to happen to me, you know? And, and uh, all of a sudden, I can't eat anything. And I'm just not really like, why am I feeling this way? Because I am one. And when it has happened to me, it has happened to me. You know what I'm saying? And all too often, we in the church, maybe the left hand looks at the right hand, and you're like, so what if the right hand got burned? I'm fine. 
I'm kind of sick of this body being so right-handed anyway. Maybe it should be more about me right now, you know? Just sort of fed up with them. And all too often we live individually, but we are a body. We are one. Everybody say we are one. We are one, man. And we're called to live that oneness out. May we hurt with each other and care for each other and help one another and forgive one another and work along the way. So simple question, how is your oneness? How are you doing? Or maybe here's another question. When you walked in the room today, how many people did you say, dead to me? Dead to me? Not going to talk to them. Like, do you have that going on? Be careful. If you're in a position where you're starting to measure individuality and you're losing the oneness, we're missing the call of the church. May we come together as one. May we lift up our God. By the way, the measure of Satan working is division. Always, always, always. When there is high division, Satan is at work. Please be careful. We are one. May we model it within this church and even out into the world. May they see us working together. And all of God's people said, amen, man. Point number two. Lord, may I model your giving heart in the church. Lord, may I model your giving heart in the church. Just jump to verse 11. We're going to skip over a few verses there and just go to verse 11. May we model his giving heart. It says, and he gave. This is talking about Jesus now. Remember, Jesus is the one who said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail. This is how Jesus in part builds the church. It says, and he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and the teachers, right? He gave. These are huge gifts. And notice the gift being given is actually the person. Here the gift is not the ability, it's the person themselves. He gave the apostles. He gave the prophets, right? So let's go through it. The apostles, these are the ones who have the ability to lead and to build. This was a special gift to those in that early church that had the unique ability and the Holy Spirit inspiration to be able to write the word and lead the church. And the apostles given very specifically by Jesus. The prophets, those who share forth the word of God. What does God say? What does he mean? Thus saith the Lord, through preaching, through bringing the word, right? Uh, Sharing forth the word, the prophets, the evangelists. These are the ones who step outside of the church and begin to communicate with the world, welcoming them in. The evangelists beginning to communicate the love of Jesus to this world and teaching what it means to believe and confess that Jesus is Lord to be able to make much of him. Evangelists growing the church as the world is called to this place to honor Jesus Christ. And then the shepherd and teachers. The shepherd, this is the ones caretaking and protecting. The ones that come alongside the hurting. The ones that be able to provide along the way. And then the teachers, these are the ones who come alongside of the prophet. The thus saith the Lord words the teachers begin to say, here's how those work together. Here's how it comes together. In fact, often when we preach on a Sunday, we're actually bringing some of the proclamation and some of the teach. Here's the practical application. Here's some steps to go after. Here's ways to do it. And 
bringing those together on a Sunday. These different gifts, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherd, the teacher, all these roles within the church. Man, please hear me. The church does not function without all of us coming together and beginning to say, I am here to worship Jesus Christ. May he get all the glory. I am here to give my life as I worship, walk, work, and witness for Christ. Man, you are a gift to this church. Did you know that? He actually says that he gives people to the church to build it. So man, if you have come to this church, if you have trusted Christ as Savior, if you call this home, hear me, you are a gift to this church. Why has he placed you here? What role is he calling you to play? In fact, look at the words that come next. To equip the saints for the work of ministry. For the work of ministry. Equipping, this is a preparing, this is a calling, this is a providing along the way to be able to help prepare others to work within the church walls. To be able to partner together as a team and be able to make much of Jesus Christ as we work side by side. Man, where has God called you to serve in this church? We are called to be one and you are given with a purpose. May we help you get to that right spot. That's our goal. That's our hope. That's our privilege that you get to live out exactly what Christ has for you in this church and make much of him. It says until or for the building up of the body, encouraging and strengthening for the building up of the body until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God. Until we all attain to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God. Just so you know, he's talking about heaven. Until we all attain to absolute perfection, until we can see Jesus as he is, this is the plan. A church that comes together as one. Us serving alongside of each other, making much of our God, partnering together. You are a gift. You've been given that this church might flourish, that God might get the glory. What are you being called to? All of that until heaven comes. And what's the goal here on earth? What's the goal of our change in life? It says, to mature manhood to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Like for each of us to be mature and looking and responding like Christ to the measure and stature of the fullness of Christ. To be transformed one degree of glory at a time to look more like Christ. The goal here in this church as we work together. He says, so that, purpose statement, so that we may no longer be children. Just so I'm clear, that is not a compliment. Right? So that we may no longer be children. He's like, look, you're missing it. You're, you're missing what's going on. You're making it all about self. You're missing what's happening and you're easily distracted so that we may no longer be children. Tossed to and fro by the waves. In other words, Distracted by every little thing that comes along and making it about me. He says, carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, and by craftiness and deceitful schemes. I just summarized them this way. By bogus teaching, bogus thinking, and bogus acting. Easily distracted. Easily pulled away. 
by the person that walks in and starts to say things a little differently or calls to some unique action or gets upset about something and tries to call for division. And all of a sudden, we kind of get aimless in where we're headed. He's like, be careful. You are called to serve by the God of the universe. If you are saved, you have been given to this church for a purpose. May God get all the glory. Man, Christ is growing this church. Christ is building this church. And you, you are a part of that plan. What a sweet, sweet privilege along the way. That said, so we want to take a moment today just to give you an opportunity as we begin to launch into this ministry year for you to begin to take a step forward. Now, you may already be serving somewhere, and that's great. If you are, then just keep serving there and keep rocking for Jesus Christ. But man, you may not be serving anywhere, and you've been looking for maybe a time, maybe an on-ramp. So everybody should have a card. As you came in, you should have got it. If you didn't get a card, don't worry, we got you covered. So we got the QR codes up here. Let's go ahead and throw a QR code up here. So we're doing this very like 2020, 2021-ish, right? So for those of you who haven't used a QR code, just go ahead and pick up your phone, turn on the camera. You can do it right now in the service. Pick up your phone, turn on the camera, and you point it at the QR code, and it will instantly pull up a little link. You click the link, and the form is open, okay? So for those of you who haven't used it, go ahead and do it. You don't even have to zoom in. I'm telling you, the QR code technology in your phones is rocking nowadays. So go ahead and use the QR code. Our request is that you actually fill this out electronically using the QR code. If that QR code doesn't work for you somehow, then there's a QR code on the card too in the top right corner. You can use that as well, all right? If the QR codes don't work in either place or you don't have a phone or you're just against electronic technology in any way, whatever it is, feel free to use the card to fill it out. But here's my request. Take some time right now to prayerfully consider where you might serve. Man, we would love to have people pouring into the children's ministry, helping there. We would love to have people helping out in the junior high. We need a couple of leaders there. A couple of people in the high school ministry. We would love to have some people stepping up to say, I'll help usher at some of the different services. But man, there's a whole list of things we've got going on. It's not just those. So let's just take a moment right now where you're going to prayerfully consider what it looks like to willingly serve. If you're not serving in our church, just go ahead and sign up. Sign up online, sign up using the QR codes, and let's get you plugged in. In this next couple of weeks, we'll get back to you with it. So take a moment prayerfully to consider. I'm literally going to walk off the stage and give you a chance to be prayerfully considering what that looks like, how we might be one. Lord, why have you brought me here? 